The following broadcast is produced by Brookside Meeting House Companies, LLC, doing business as Forget-Me-Not Ancestry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jane Wilcox, and this is the Forget-Me-Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told. Welcome to the show. This morning, our focus is old Fulton, New York postcards, and my guest is the creator, Tom Trinisky. I have known about old Fulton postcards, uh, the website, uh, for years, and I've used it. And I recently uh, ran across an article about old Fulton old Fulton postcards uh, and interviewed uh, Mr. Trinisky and I thought I I need to feature the uh, old Fulton postcards as well so I asked uh, uh, Tom to come on to the show and he agreed and and so here he is and I'm meeting him for the first time today Uh, welcome to the show Tom boy thank you very much it's nice talking with you it's uh, great to have you here. Uh, the, as I said, the, the reputation of the website is, is just wonderful uh, for New York research. Um, so will you start us out, as I always do with all of my guests, telling us a little bit about yourself, your uh, background, where you were born, raised, your education, and your careers? Sure. I was born here in Fulton, New York, and I've been here my whole life. And uh, I graduated here from the local high schools, and right after high school, I got my first job and. I worked steadily for a company called the Black Clawson Company for probably 31, 32 years. Um, after that, I retired uh, in 1999, a very early age at now, 49. And basically, at that point, I started going into the computer uh, website and putting up information on the, the web. I was probably one of the earlier developers putting up uh, 
word recognized documents. So were you self-taught with the computers, or was that part of the job that you had retired from? It, it was part of the job that I retired from. I was in charge of installing manufacturing uh, systems, which are closed-loop MRP systems with the financials in all of the Black Lawson Company's divisions. So I got a, a good handle on a lot of things. Uh, basically, they were run basically on a, a computer. It was a, high, a prime computer. We call them as uh, mini-computers rather than micros. And uh, as part of that job, I picked up a lot of knowledge uh, from visiting different people. And, you know, that's from there on. I just used that experience uh, when I started my own website. Okay. And then what was the inspiration to start the old Fulton Postcards? Well, it's strange. Uh, during the last couple of years of my working career, uh, a friend of mine uh, brought in a, a box, a shoebox full of old Fulton, New York postcards that his mother and grandmother had been collecting for years. And he asked me if I'd like to look at them. And I said, sure. I mean, and once I started looking at those postcards, it was phenomenal what this town, uh, the lawns were so pristine, put together, manicured. The streets were uh, brick paved. It was phenomenal how nice everything looked. And I said, you know, I bet you a lot of the other people in Fulton would like to see this also. So that's what basically got me started, uh, putting up my real simple website. And the original, Fulton, uh, the original name of my website was called oldfultonny.da.ru. And the reason for that is because the local um, roadrunners would not allow me to have my own website uh, on their, their system. So I ran it, what I call, through a redirect out of Russia. And that's where the D-A-R-U come from. But... As the word passed around uh, about these postcards, everybody was talking about them and really enjoyed them. And, you know, from there, I just branched off into other areas, and I just added uh, the local newspapers. Uh, The local newspapers, one was the Oswego Valley News, and that was what we call very photo-rich. They took photos of everything, births, deaths, marriages, birthday parties. And I hand-scanned that whole newspaper from 1947 up to current, one page at a time on a flatbed scanner, and it took me over a year to do. And once I put that up there, I said, well, that's when I first started introducing uh, word recognition onto the system. And obviously, uh, the word spread about that, how nice it was to go back to these old newspapers by just typing in a keyword. And basically... I then ventured out and brought another local newspaper called the uh, Fulton Patriot. And once I got those in there, I guess what you're going to call it, I got hooked. <laughs> I decided that I want to branch out even further. You know how things go. It just it evolves. And at that point in time, I needed to uh, automate somewhat compared to doing this one scan at a time. I looked around for a used microfilm scanner. And quite frankly, they were all way out of my cost range. But I was lucky to find uh, one Wixon Wilson scanner that was up for sale from a uh, uh, finance company that went back because it went into bankruptcy. And I was able to place a bid on that, and I won it for, I think it was $1,500, something like that. And it was kind of scary because when I ordered the scanner, I, I quizzed the guy. He says, does it work? He says, well, we're not even sure what it does, but when we plug it in, you can hear a motor running. 
And I says, well, okay. And then I says, uh, can I get, put that on my credit card? He goes, no, we don't take credit cards. Uh, how about a check? No, we don't take checks. We'll only take postal money orders. So, you know, back then you think, Jesus, is this a scam? He wants me to send up front before he sends the goods. And I was very apprehensive about it. I remember thinking about it and thinking about it. I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot and let's see what happens. Well, I sent him the postal money orders. And probably within four days, a big package arrived. And that was the first scanner I got. It was a uh, bitonal scanner. Basically, all it did was black and white. And I started borrowing microfilm from various places. I started uh, with a local, uh, the local microfilm, and then I went to a Swiggle New York, got their microfilm. And as I added more and more content to my site, more and more people were going onto it. So first thing I had to do is I had to branch out and get more bandwidth. So hence, probably about a year after that, I was forced to go into uh, the Roadrunner business side and get a commercial uh, wideband account to uh, take care of all the uh, people using the site. And, you know, that's kind of from there, everything got, each year things got more and more and more. And basically that's how I got started. <laughs> okay. So let's back up. So when did you uh, put the first postcards on the website? That what was year was in that? 19, yeah, that was around 1998. Or 99. Okay. All right. And then when did you do the first newspaper? The first newspaper was done in about 2001 or maybe 2000. And that would have been the Swiggle Valley News. Okay. And then when did you get the microfilm scanner? I got the scanner in uh, 2003. All and, right. And then uh, that... Just to give you an idea of what I went through to get this. When I was doing the Fulton Patriot, you know, that is nothing you can do on a, uh, on a flatbed scanner because it's all microfilm. And I had cut a deal with a, a library in Potsdam, New York. They had a microfilm scanner, and the deal was they would allow me to use it if I shared the knowledge that I have with them to do what I'm doing, they wanted to do. So, sure. So, basically, I ran back and forth to Potsdam, New York, every time I got 10 to 15 rolls of a microfilm to convert it into a digital format. And that was very time-consuming, but it was quite rewarding because I got to see uh, additions to my site. Instead of putting up three, four, five hundred articles, I was putting 4,000, 5,000 pages out there that a word recognized. So that was, you know, it was, it was exciting. But it told me I had to go out and get my own equipment because I didn't want to keep on running out to different places to do this stuff. Okay, all right. And then you said that eventually uh, the word recognition was well, you added that, so, and that's was it OCR, uh, and is yes. it still OCR? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I researched. I'd like to think all the OCR products at that time, and everyone but one filled a need, and it was called Abbey Fine Reader. Um, Abbey Fine Reader could handle the large newspapers and do a very decent job about, uh, about reading and OCRing the paper, even though at the very poor quality of the microfilm that I was getting. A lot of it had scratches and digs and tears and dirt. Uh, 
it's like I, I call that the bottom of the barrel microfilm or what we call service copy microfilm. It's been used many, many times by the patrons at the library. Okay. So do you have an interest in genealogy yourself? You know, I, I'm, I'm starting to, but that wasn't <laughs> the reason I started this. You know, again, my website has evolved and basically is pushing me into gene, looking up my own genealogy. So, I mean, it didn't happen when I first started it, but as I got more and more into this depth, I began to start looking at my own stuff. Okay, so when, when you put the, you know, I understand putting on the, the postcards, and, uh, and, and I have a collection of postcards myself, and they're just beautiful to share. Yep. But then when you started with the newspapers, what, what were you envisioning the function of your site would be as you're putting up the, the first two newspapers? Well, yeah, the reason I put the newspapers up, because everybody that has passed through Fulton, New York at one time or another, generally left with a good impression. And even though they may not be around this area anymore, they sure like looking at their picture 20, 30 years ago. So, again, when I said that newspaper was very photo-rich, the people that come onto my site could type in their name, and they could probably see a birthday party that they attended when they were five or six years old, and they no longer live in the area. So, I mean, I got a lot of feedback from that, and obviously the feedback pushed me into going more and more and more and then deeper. <laughs> okay, so so then – at, at this point, what's the scope of the collection? You know, you started uh, locally, and, and how have you expanded what, uh, in terms of geographics, uh, time periods, uh, and, and so on? Yeah, that's exploded quite a bit. As you can remember, if you remember, right currently I have 34 million newspaper pages on there, and soon to have another 1.5 million, probably the end of this month. Uh, my scope of business has now expanded past the New York state borders and covers uh, the eastern seaboard and in Canada. And in fact, I think I got a couple rolls of microfilm from, uh, uh, I think it's London. But uh, as this microfilm becomes available, I'll look at it and I'll add it. Right now, um, I probably have over 1,200 uh, individual newspaper titles out there. Wow, wow. And then what's the earliest uh, date for a, a newspaper that you have? I think seven. I think it's the New York Gazette, and I think that was in 1732 or 34. Wow, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it's interesting reading what, how people did things back then, believe me. Sure, sure. And then do you have an index for all of the newspapers that, that you have included? Yes. Yes. Um, I ha well, I call it an index. What it is, it's a list of new newspapers in a um, Word document format that lists the, the title of the newspapers, the date range of the newspapers, and it's done in order of me processing. In other words, if you go to the first page, you'll see in order how what papers I worked on first. And obviously, the next page will show more progression of different newspapers as I did them. So I always tell the people, if you want to see that what things I'm working on, go to the very last page in the index, and you'll be able to see the titles being added. Now, oh, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, you can resort that index to have it sort by, uh, I think, state, city or state or county. Um, 
So, I mean, there's been some work done on that. A lot of this has been done by a friend of mine that helps me out on the website as far as maintaining that document because I really don't have that kind of time to donate to that one thing. He was very uh, helpful in offering his help. So, I mean, thank God for him because otherwise we'll never be able to keep that thing up to date. Okay, and then where do we uh, find the Word document? Word documents on the first page of the index. You'll see it at the top of the page. Okay. That's correct. It'll say uh, download Microsoft uh, document, and you'll be able to download the whole document, open it up on your your own site, and you'll be able to see all the titles and uh, give you an idea of what I've got. Okay. All right. I do have a link uh, on the blog talk page that uh, takes us to – uh, thumbnails, uh, basically, with the, the newspapers. And so yep. it, and I was not aware that there's a link there that takes, then if we click on it, we can get the Word document. So that's yep. very good to know. That's right on the first page. Okay, all right, terrific. Um, and now so you'll also th- notice if you venture past the newspapers, I've also been collecting old photos from the Fulton, New York area, and, you know, like in the, in the, in the neighborhood of Fulton, Oswego County. What I had done was I was digitizing the local historical society's records, and I kept a copy for myself to post on the website. And I have probably maybe 25,000, 30,000 photos of the Fulton area people from the early 1800s to current uh, that I have posted there. So if you're looking for uh, photos of your grandfather or whatever, I probably got them. Now, have I got them identified? Some I do, some I don't. And then how, how do we find those again? Uh, if you go right to the page where it says, you, you'll open it up and it looks like an album. And one of those albums is each square is a different uh, directory of uh, various issues. So you'll be one directory up from the newspaper tab. Okay. All right. And then is that where we find the postcards as well? If you look at the listing of that, it probably spells them all out. Uh, those titles there are something that I've been adding uh, as I've gone along. Uh, the photos of the Fulton people are extensive because I was able to get my hands on the glass plate negatives of some of the early photographers in the area. Uh, And I scanned those in on a flatbed scanner. It was very time consuming, but again, I wanted to be able to save it. So like I say, I got a lot of stuff out there. Okay. All right. So uh, switching back to newspapers, how do you decide which na- newspapers to uh, put on your, the site, or is it well, whatever you can take get a lot your hands of feed- on? I, yeah, I take a lot of feedback from the users of the site re- re- requesting certain titles to be added, or I'm contacted directly by the libraries or historical societies asking me if I'd be willing to put up their collection. Okay, and, and I know Rhinebeck just did that. That is correct. And right now I'm working on some Lithuanian newspapers for a gentleman out in Chicago, and these are in not uh, they're in Lithuanian language, and I'm converting it, uh, I'm word recognizing it, and I'm you know I'm quite happy the way it's coming out. So again, I'm venturing out as uh, requests come out, come in, and we're throwing them up there so everybody can see them. Okay, and is the Lithuanian newspaper the first foreign language newspaper to add? Uh, no, I, I got some Polish newspapers, I got some uh, Italian newspapers. Let's see what else. I'm sure I got some other languages out there. 
Okay. And how we can find those then is going to the Word document and we can sort uh, by city, for example, and we can see if uh, you have the uh, Polish newspaper from a certain city. That is correct. And they're all well okay. listed there on, the, on those documents. Okay. And would you say that would that's the best way to find out what you've got on the site? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reason for me putting that up there was solely for the search engines to search it, so it ended up in the Google index. It was only after I put that up that the people found a use for it um, to look up what I was doing and what was going to be coming up on the site. But that was originally put up with the idea, I wanted Google to index my site. And they oh. cover my site very heavily. Okay, all right. So then how do you go about uh for for newspapers that people are asking for and you go out looking for them how what's your approach in terms uh, of the first yeah the, the first thing i do is is let's find out who has the newspapers is there a local library in that area i will contact them and the deal is i ask them if they'd be willing to let me borrow it and in return i will give them a complete digital copy of what i've done to do whatever they want with it, as long as I get to keep a digital copy of it. And generally that works out pretty good. I've got a lot of people that like that idea because they've tried to, to look at or get financing to have it uh, digitized for them by these various other companies, but it's nothing you could ever afford. And sure. at, at that point, I would, if I also find that they don't have it or the copies that they got is in very poor condition, uh, I will go one step higher and try to contact a local state college in that area. And generally there, the microfilm is usually in better shape, and uh, if I can cut a deal with them, they get the same deal that I would have done for the library. Okay. It sounds like a win-win. It is. It is, absolutely. Yep. And, and have you had uh, institutions, libraries turn you down? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, and the reason being is you'll find that some people are very protective of what they have. Uh, they like the idea of the public having to go over to there to, for them to find the information. Um, so, I mean, not a lot of them are like that, but I've ran across quite a few. Okay. And then in copyright, uh, you know, some of the, the more current newspapers would be under copyright laws. How, do you, how does that play into what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, the copyright law, I, I adhere to that very closely. Uh, if you go to my site, you will find a link on there on how, how my copyrighted items are uh, added to the site. Um, it's a PDF document. It was written by a group of uh, library law uh, lawyers. And a lot of people, I find, don't really know how the copyright law works. They think that anything before 1922, or now 23, is public domain. That is correct. But they failed to realize that the newspaper was never copyrighted to begin with. It fell into the public domain the minute he published it. Now, that only holds true probably up to 1989, because uh, the copyright law did change at that point and basically said, all you got to do is publish a newspaper. I don't care if you put the copyright logo on there or not. It's automatically copyrighted. Now, for those newspapers, I got to go right to the publisher. But you, you look at, I can go all the way up to 1989, and 98% of everything I have was never copyrighted or 
was never renewed in the 29th year because it, back then you had to renew the, the copyright, and if you failed to renew it, it went into public domain. Okay. Well, that, that is good news for us. 1989 is, is the key year. <laughs> well, you got to remember Very... now, if he, if he copyrighted it, you've got to watch yourself because he could have copyrighted it, let's say, in 1975. Now, let's back up. Suppose he copyrighted it in 1940. If he renewed the copyright in 19, uh, 28 years, 29 years later, it's under copyright because, you know, he did renew it. But you know what? I've never found that. <laughs> Generally, back then, no one would have dreamed that the old newspapers would have any value. You think about it. You know, what good is the, yesterday's news? So I think a lot of publishers looked at it, you know, what good is it? You know, I don't want to go through the added cost and maintenance of getting a lawyer to, to put this up in a copyright. So they never did. Okay. All right. On, on that note, we are going to take a break. This is the Forget-Me-Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told. And we'll be right back. This is the Forget-Me-Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told. As you're uh, listening on the Blog Talk uh, page, you'll see a follow button. If you press that, you'll uh, get an email that tells you that the show is going on the air, what the topic is, and who the guest is. Uh, You'll also see some uh, buttons on the Blog Talk page uh, for social media. If you press those, you will share the Forget-Me-Not Hour with your friends and family. Uh, you'll also find on the Blog Talk page 
the uh, Forget-Me-Not Hour archives. Uh, we have over five years of shows, uh, twice a month usually, and the topics, uh, most of them are timeless. Uh, so please take advantage of the Forget-Me-Not Hour archives. And you can also get the Forget-Me-Not Hour uh, uh, show on the go, uh, and you can find the show on iTunes under Jane E. Wilcox. So please take advantage of that as well. Today, we are talking about old Fulton, New York postcards. Uh, my guest is Tom Triniski. He is the creator of the site. And uh, Tom, I'm just amazed at, uh, at what you are telling me in, in terms of uh, how, you, how you started and how this has just uh, snowballed to, to our great benefit, the researcher's great benefit. And I, I'm, I'm remembering that you told me that you've got millions of pages and you have 1.5 uh, million that are going to be up soon. I don't remember if you told me how many titles of, of newspapers you have on the site. Just a guess at this point in time. I think it's 1,200 plus. Wow. And these okay. titles cover the whole range of, the, say, the eastern seaboard in Canada. And, again, some out west, but not that heavily. Okay. And did you imagine that uh, old Fulton postcards would be what it is today? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, it's, again, everything seems to evolve. You know, evolve. And uh, as I start getting positive feedback from people, that kept me going. And how much time and hours do you spend a day on um, uh, doing all of this? Yeah, it's pretty extensive and pretty heavy. Uh, let's just say it's seven days a week, and some days last, you know, maybe 14 to 15 hours work on it, especially when the system goes down or one of the computers has a problem. i got to keep going to get it back up because a lot, I know a lot of people are counting on it. So, I mean, it, it can vary, but it's, it does take a lot of time. Sure, sure. And actually, one of my, my uh, questions coming up was uh, hackers. Uh, I've, I've read uh, you know, on, on your, I think, your uh, Facebook page, people are asking um, the, the sites down, and I believe that some hackers have disrupted, disrupted the site. Is that true? Yeah, it was, uh, this is what was going on for quite a bit of time, but I tolerated it. But it got to be so heavy. Uh, my broadband bill, I was always running out of memory or out of uh, uh, bandwidth and finally i started looking deeper into my logs and i was finding that we had people out there downloading thousands and thousands and thousands of pages each night now i said to myself what could they possibly want of that stuff but make a long story short uh i spent a lot of time trying to stop those guys by blocking their ips and or uh putting programs out there to trap them uh that would put them into a dead end and these guys were pretty, pretty savvy. They knew what they were doing. Uh, the only way I was able to get them to stop them was I put in a packet shaper. A packet shaper basically looks at all the data passing between my web server and the outside world, and it limits by IP address how much data you can download in a given point in time. That's what stopped them cold in the tracks. Wow. So as so soon as they go over my, the, my, my uh, daily quota, I will throttle them down to two megabits, no, two kilobytes uh, a second. Prior to going there, they have the full use of my full uh, bandwidth. So again, do you know what they were doing with all of the pages? I, I have no idea. I mean, these people were coming in from all different parts of the world. 
Now, you got to think now, it can really just be maybe four or five people, and they're using proxy servers, which basically masks their IP address, and they hide it behind the proxy. And you can use, get proxies anywhere in the world to do your uh, bidding for you. And that's what they were doing. Very, very hard to block them by IP or region. Um, I, was, I was scratching my head for quite a long time before I finally figured out the best way to handle it. Wow, wow. So other than your friend who's doing the Word document uh, index for you, do you have anybody else helping you? No, no, just me. Wow, wow. Um, should something happen to you tomorrow, do you have a contingency plan in place? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I have multiple copies of the, the, the complete system at various locations, state and out of state, and with directions where it's to go upon my demise. Because I certainly don't want it to just to drop off the edge of the earth. So, I mean, that's all been taken care of. Okay. All right. I'm I'm breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> Very good. So, so what is the uh, best way to use the site? You know, we we get onto the the homepage. Um, we've got the the search fields. There are some filters and and things like that. So, how, what what's the best uh, approach? Well, you know, if I if I was telling you right now when I first got started this in about 1999 to 2000, I would simply say just put a type of word in there and it'll find what you want because it's all local stuff. But because there's so much information out there now on my site, if you just go in there and type in a couple of key words, you're going to be bombarded by thousands and thousands of hits from my database. Nothing you could ever review in a given point in time. So my uh, advice is, Learn how to use the Boolean search that I have out there. Very powerful, but you've got to learn how to do it. Now, I had a lot of criticism when I first put that out there uh, because he said it was too hard to understand, and the average person wouldn't do it. And I told them back, I said, my site is something you grow into. You don't grow out of. A lot of the uh, people back then on their websites were making it really, putting it really dumbed down so anybody could go in there and type a few things in there. They could find maybe something, maybe they couldn't. But it was real easy to use. But they never really found a lot because there's no really hard way, no easy way for them to drill down into the database. Boolean search takes care of that. So I always say, please learn it and use it. You won't regret it. And do you have instructions? I know you have an FAQ page, uh, and do you yes. include okay, okay, in the, yeah, the instructions there? On the FAQ there? page, you will see that listed there, uh, line by line, how to use it, and it's it's uh, I think it's very well put together. Uh, I haven't heard anybody that's used it saying they couldn't get it to work, but it does take a little time to understand it. Okay, all right. So then, uh, you're you're. Basically, using only microfilms at this point, correct? That's, uh, not totally. I do every once in a while run across a hard copy. If I really want to do it, I'll, I'll do. Uh, I will take the hard copy and convert it to a digital format. Basically, I use a high-end digital camera uh, with, on a tripod uh, with a remote shutter release with the lighting all set up, and then uh, as quick as I can turn that page, I can snap that shutter, and I will have it. But again, I try to stay away from that because very time consuming. Okay. All right. So then so then you've got the the microfilms and and how many uh pages or I guess how how long does it take you to uh scan uh 
newspapers. You know, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, you know, like how many pages can you do in an hour? Yeah, I mean, let's look at it like that. Let's say that every roll of microfilm that I've got, let's say it was full, right up to the brim. So if that were, there were double pages on there, that would produce probably 13,000, no, 1,300 images. Let's say that I got that right. Yeah, 1,300 images. Now, at that point, since I've been upgrading my equipment as I've been going along, I'm now, I have one of the fastest scanners out there. And depending on the resolution, I want to save it at. I always save it at high because you want to do that for uh, the word recognition. I can probably do a roll in probably maybe 13 to 14 minutes max. And again, that does not include if the microfilm is in really poor shape or the guy who took the, the, did the filming of it kept changing the, the different parameters of it. That means I got to duplicate what he does to get a good image. So even though I'm scanning that, I look at each scan roll across the screen as I'm doing it. And if I start to see that, you know, the quality of this image is getting really, really dark, I will have to make an adjustment. Or if it's going the other way, I got to make another adjustment. Or anything else that will affect that image, I do, a, do my best to try to make sure when I do that roll, I do it right the first time because I don't want to do it over again. Sure, sure. And then what's the, the steps, what are the steps after you've scanned uh, the images from the, the microfilm? And, and how, you know, how do you actually get it then onto the, the website? Well, basically, there's two approaches to that. If the film is, be, is required that I'm doing for somebody else that wants the best possible image, I take one step. If it's not, if it's something just for me or like that, I just do another step. The other step I do if the, the person really wants a, a, a top quality product is I will bring that image into a program called uh, Lightbox. And uh, I will make corrections, corrections to that to make the image as sharp as I can, putting in the right contrast there and removing any artifacts that I can. And that is very time consuming. That again, you get a very good product at the end. If it's just for me, what it is, uh, the image goes directly into a uh, word capture program, Abby Fine Reader, and it will read the, micro- read the images and convert it to text. Once that is done, I get them, and I will basically uh, recompress them back down to something that I could supply on the Internet, probably one megabit byte or maybe a hair over. I try to keep the size down. Um, so, you know, it's... It's it's very judgmental. You've got to watch what you're doing. You've got to keep the size of the images down so you're not killing yourself as far as your bandwidth. Okay, and I I did not realize that's how that you convert to text, and that's how the o, uh, whole OCR process works. So that that's fascinating. Yep. What I produce is a, what I call an image over text layered PDF. Basically, you've got your text as a layer. You set the original image of the newspaper on top of it, and that's what makes it searchable. You're actually searching on the text on the below layer. The stuff on the top is an image, and that will allow you to read the actual newspaper, even if the OCR, a lot of the words, because of the quality of the newspaper. Okay. Then, then how? So you just said that uh, you, know, you can do a whole role in terms of scanning, and you gave us the, I think you said, like, less than 15 minutes how much yep. longer does it take then to go through the uh, converting to text and getting it all ready to go that same role 
onto well, again, the website. That is what we call machine uh, uh, dependent. After I have all these images in the directory, I submit them to a bank of computers I have. Um, at that point in time, they may run. I, I, I can think of one that took a month, month and a half, to really recognize all the images in a one-year run. Uh, so, again, that particular newspaper, I believe it was the Brooklyn, Pub, the Brooklyn Eagle, that took a month to recognize 10,000 images. So when I started doing those, I found that I had to branch over and get into more, uh, to more uh, computers that have more processing power. So obviously, as time goes on, you find you have to keep upgrading your equipment to keep up with the data that you're doing. Okay. All right. And and thank you for sharing this with us. I hope my listeners are enjoying this as well. I'm I'm finding this fascinating. I really have not uh, delved into this topic in terms of the technology behind uh, producing a, a website like this. Um, so this is this is fascinating. So uh, thank you. And we are going to take another break. Uh, this is the Forget Me Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Forget-Me-Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told. We will be back in a week rather than our usual two weeks. Um, we have a, a 
show that is going to happen on the second Wednesday of the month instead of the third. Uh, so uh, on the 12th of October at 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time, my guest will be Keith Erickson. He's the director of the LDS Church History Library in Salt Lake City. And we are going to be discussing early LDS church history and records uh, that were generated in the early days of the church. Um, so that will be again uh, next week, October 12th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then for the first Wednesday of the month, my uh, New York show, I'm hoping to have a show uh, put together on New York town historians. Uh, so that show is in the works. Uh, hopefully it will be on November 2nd. Um, if not, it will be at some uh, date in the future and we'll have a different show. Um, so that, that show is to be determined on November 2nd. If you have questions for any of my guests, uh, if you have suggestions for topics for the show or if you have any feedback, uh, please uh, find me at janeewilcox.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Today we're talking with uh, Tom Trinisky, and we are uh, talking about old Fulton New York postcards. Um, and it's just been fascinating hearing how all of this and how we get the benefit of all of these newspapers on the site. Um, so, Tom, what are a couple of the what you think maybe are the little-known gems of the site? I think you you do track uh, what the number of hits uh, per page. Uh, yes, I actually a little bit in, more in depth than that. But let's say uh, I can tell at a moment's notice who's doing what and where they are, and my feedback that I hear, it generally comes by email. They will email their, uh, they found something that was very important to them and they wanted to share with me that I was, they found it through my site. And one in particular just happened probably about six months ago. Uh, this lady uh, was adopted and she lost track, obviously, of her relatives and brothers and, and that. But due to my site, she was able to find the person. And that actually hit all the newspapers in this area, and uh, it was pointed that it was found on my website. So, you know, those things are important to me, um, and I hope they're important to you, you guys, the users of the site. But, again, it's, it's a lot of fun doing this. It, it is. So what, what would you say are some of the, the gems that don't get used as, as much as maybe you think they should? Because they're, uh, not, they're maybe regard, not known. What regard is that? Uh, just uh, uh, if there's a, like a newspaper title that that uh, you don't think is getting its its you know exposure, or um, it, maybe it's the postcard collection or the photographs. Well, you know, it, it, at that point, I'll be honest. With you, there's newspaper pages on my site that probably never been opened. Uh, you got to realize, not everything is going to be 100% quality as far as word recognition. It never is and never will be. But uh, there is pages that's never been hit. I don't worry so much about that. Uh, I think I got the best uh, chance out there to find what you're looking for as long as you know how to go about finding it. Um, so, again, I just caution you, look at the help and frequently ask question section, and you'll be able to find anything you want without going through reams and reams of uh, newspapers. Okay. All right. And then do you have any favorites? Favorite newspapers? Yes. Yes. Brooklyn, uh, Bro the Brooklyn Daily Eagle 
and a, a newspaper in upstate New York called the Watertown Times. And why are um, they your favorites? I, I don't know. I just find myself, if I want to find something to do historically about the, the country, I go to the Brooklyn Public Eagle. Uh, if I want to find something important in New York State or the area I'm in, I go to the Watertown Times. Both were very well written, and they covered everything. And in terms of your using the site yourself, are are you actually you? Do you have time <laughs> to use the site for your own uh, uh, research for your own genealogy? Now that you're getting into it, yeah. I mean, I, it, I don't do that during the day because my day is pretty full. But at night, I go into the server room, and I will go in there and start looking through the various newspapers for various things. It could be almost anything that I, I come across during the day that I say, yeah, I want to dig up and find out more about that information. So at night, I go into the server room, and I can actually bring up the newspapers and read them. And I can also uh, converse, com- make conversation with the users of my site at that point because I can see them and I can uh, email them. So, I mean, at night I usually do, but during the day I very seldom have the time to do it. Okay, okay. So what's the future for Old Fulton Postcards? Well, we're going to continue on what we've been doing, uh, uh, adding more newspapers. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and and you said you, you've got, uh, when did you, you said about 1.5 million uh, more pages. Can you share what uh, you'll be putting on? Well, again, there are a handful of different states and, of course, New York State, and I think there's some Canada there. And, of course, you're going to see Lithuanian newspapers because I'm working on them right now. Uh, it's going to be quite a cross-section. Okay. All right. As I say, and the, a little bit of something for everybody. Okay. And so then uh, do you have uh, any uh, changes or, or uh, plans in mind for user interface changes, or are, are we going to see uh, you know, once we get the search down, it, that's what we're going to see when we continue to use it. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people make comments about it. Just keep in mind now, I haven't changed my web interface for probably 19 years, if that tells you anything. Uh, <laughs> it was something I nailed together from Flash, Flash, uh, Micromedia Flash, and it's pretty dated. <laughs> I know I got to get in there and make some changes, but I say, you know, it's working right now. If I want to, I can't do both things. I can't make a new interface if I if I want to add content. So right now I'm letting that slide. I know I got to make changes there. Okay, all right. And then uh, I also saw on your uh, website that you take donations. What yes? What do the donations help you with? <laughs> the operating costs. Uh, I I don't think I've mentioned to you earlier, I am now switching over to fiber optics for this site. And right now, it's scheduled to come up in 30 to 35 days. That alone is going to cost maybe $1,000 a month just for bandwidth. Not to say what it's going to cost me as far as all the other equipment I have, because I've just spent the last... 90 days upgrading all the hardware that I have. Uh, again, because of the quantity of uh, newspapers I'm going through right now, if I don't update the infrastructure that, I, I, that works with this, I will fall behind because of various problems. Uh, probably 25% of the day gets uh, attributed to breakdowns in various computers. Uh, 
power supplies, disk drives, you name it. And that money that I get as donations goes directly into that to help pay for some of that stuff. Okay. It's and very then how do we make a donation? I'm sorry? How do we make a donation? Uh, there's two ways. Uh, if you go to the site, there's a, um, a PayPal account that you can click on and basically make a, a, a payment to me through PayPal. Or you can actually mail a check. Both of those directions uh, are there uh, for doing that. And I really do appreciate the, uh, the donations because things uh, tend to get a lot pretty pricey here uh, when you make some major changes. And uh, like, for instance, I am now uh, going to do make changes to my servers, and they're going to be all run multi-core Xenon processors instead of the regular processors. Um, very expensive. Okay. All right. And then you also uh, are looking for hard drives. Is that correct? Not anymore. No, Not anymore. I, okay. I, no, I've I've been given a good share of them, and uh, so I, I'm pretty pretty uh, up to date on them. I okay. use them for backups. All right. All right. Very good. So in terms of donations, there is a link on the blog talk page uh, for, for making a donation. And uh, so we're at the end of our hour. Uh, before I ask my, my last couple of questions about you, um, is there anything else you would like to add about old Fulton postcards? Well, no. Like I say, I, I think the word is spread around pretty good about it for something that's never been advertised. I don't advertise it in any way, shape, or form. Um, by just by word of mouth. So I, I'm very surprised about the numerous people that use it. Uh, you know, I think that's that's basically tells how good it is, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for all that you are doing uh, for for us researchers and I'm sure other other people as well, uh, looking at the birds you know, for their own in their own lifetime, too. Um, so so thank you. Um, and as I ask all of my questions, or ask all of my guests at the end uh, with a series of questions, what is your own ancestry? Uh, my background is Polish. So uh, grandparents were from Poland, uh, moved to New York State in about 1905, um, but both of them come from Poland. Uh, so both sides, mothers and fathers? Yes. Okay. And then... Have in your research for your ancestors, is there any ancestor who you are particularly drawn to? Uh, not really. Um, actually, my mother has basically started on a family tree. Or, or I should, let me correct that. My mother's brother started on a family tree, and I do have that up on my site. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll look at that. And actually, I should ask another question. Where in Poland? Uh, oh, your God, I don't from? know. I don't know that. All I know is that my name, the real name, is not pronounced Chernisky. It's pronounced, I can't pronounce it, but they changed it so people at least pronounce it in the United States. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm just fascinated with what you do and, and how you do it and um, the, the service that you are providing for us. So thank you. You're welcome, and tell your readers, uh, don't forget to look probably in another 30 days or so, and you'll get to see another 1.5 million pages. <laughs> okay, 30 days at the end of October, beginning of November. Yes. Um, so thanks again. This is the Forget-Me-Not Hour. Your ancestors want their stories to be told. Have a good day. Bye now. Bye.